felt is a fresh approach to web app development that is much simpler than the alternatives. It's a compiler which enables many things that are difficult or impossible to do in other frameworks. And some of those would include eliminating the use of a virtual developer. Hey, this is another episode of 20 Minute JavaScript, where we cover everyone's favorite programming language with multiple guests from the community. This episode is hosted by OpenReplay, an open source session replay tool for the front-end developer. If you're looking for a way to understand how you use this interact with your application, check out OpenReplay. I'm Fernando Doglio, your host, and hopefully your best friend for at least 20 minutes. And today we have with us Mark Walkman, software developer at Object Computing, marathon runner apparently, author of the Svelte and Supper in Action book by Manning. Hey, Mark. Welcome, and thank you for being here. Thanks. All right. Uh, so tell us, uh, before we get started and, and uh, before we dive deep into Svelte and, and, and Svelte Kid and Sapper and everything else, tell us a little bit about the book and, and, and uh, why you wrote it and uh, what's in it. Why would people want to read it? Yeah, so uh, I've used a lot of different web frameworks, including uh, jQuery, if you call that a web framework, AngularJS, <laughs> React, Angular that came after AngularJS, Vue, and now Svelte. And it was the simplicity of Svelte that really appealed to me. Uh, I had a long history of writing long articles for the web, uh, but had never written a book before. And so this seemed like a great opportunity to take that next step and write a book on Svelte before any existed. All right. And, and what was the experience like? Did you... Uh, did you enjoy it? Did you? Uh, how, how long did it take you to um, to write the book to get it to get it ready? It went really quickly. Yeah, it went really quickly because I had already done a lot of writing about Svelte, and so I had a good starting point for the book. Uh, a lot of what I had to do was just fill in some details and then comply to the writing style that the publisher wanted. And so it went really quickly. I think from the start of uh, Officially writing the book until I was finished was about eight months. All right, nice. Okay, perfect. And uh, for those listening, uh, we're going to have on the show notes a discount code for uh, anyone interested in getting that book uh, so they can get it directly from Manning as well. So uh, thanks, Manning, for that. Okay, so you've written a lot about Svelte, like you said. So tell us, if you can, um, can you summarize it? In two sentences, can you can you quickly sell the idea of Svelte to people? I don't think I can do it in exactly two sentences. <laughs> All right. Fairly brief. Fair uh, enough. So I would say that Svelte is a fresh approach to web app development that is much simpler than the alternatives. It's a compiler which enables many things that are difficult or impossible to do in other frameworks. And some of those would include eliminating the use of a virtual DOM. We could talk about that for a long time, why it's important, but you can find talks by Rich Harris, the creator of Svelte, that goes into a lot of detail on why a virtual DOM isn't such a great idea. Uh, then uh, it also, being a compiler, enables detecting where component and app state is used. And the reason that's important is that you want to be able to generate code that kind of surgically updates the DOM, just the places where the state that you modified is used to generate HTML. Uh, being a compiler 
enables you to support custom syntaxes. And so there are a couple of special things about the syntax of creating a Svelte component that you really need to be a compiler to support. Uh, another one is detecting unused CSS. That can be a frustrating thing in other frameworks when you don't have that help available. Uh, a project you've been working on for a long time eventually accumulates a bunch of CSS rules, and it's sometimes hard to know whether those are still needed. But Svelte makes that really easy to know if there's CSS you're not using. Uh, and then last, being a compiler allows it to generate really optimized JavaScript code so that it only includes the parts of Svelte that you're actually using. And a good example of that is that Svelte has a lot of built-in support for animations. And maybe a particular app isn't using any animations, or maybe it's just using a couple, and the Svelte compiler can include just the code for the ones that you're using. All right, interesting. And, and uh, is it... Um, you know, sometimes the, the, the world compiler can, can scare new developers. Are they going to have to learn a new, whole new different language or are they still going to be using JavaScript? So it's mostly still JavaScript, although when you implement a Svelte component, you put it in a file with a .svelte extension and that's what the Svelte compiler is processing for you. But really, that file just contains a, a block of JavaScript code, a block of HTML, and a block of CSS. And the Svelte compiler is combining all of that for you to create a component. All right. Interesting. Perfect. And, and so you, that's Svelte. What then is Sapper and uh, more recently SvelteKit? So both Sapper and SvelteKit are frameworks that build on top of Svelte in the same way that Next builds on React and Nuxt builds on Vue. Uh, SvelteKit is basically a rewrite of Sapper that incorporates a lot of lessons that were learned from Sapper. Uh, most Svelte apps today should be created using SvelteKit. All right. What kind of features uh, can we expect from SvelteKit? And, and is it uh, because from what I read, is it not yet completely out? Is it still like a, re a release candidate version or something like that? It is still considered beta. So uh, fairly recently, the creator of Svelte, uh, Rich Harris is now working at Vercel, and Vercel is funding now development of Svelte and SvelteKit. And so I would expect that that will be out of beta very soon now. But that said, what is out now is very mature, and many companies are building production apps in SvelteKit right now. All right, perfect. And and so, do you know why they they discontinued Sapper essentially and moved into the SvelteKit? I, I think that the Svelte core team just decided that the best way to implement all the new ideas they had based on their experience using Sapper was to start from scratch. And I'm sure we've all experienced that in our own software projects. That if you work on something for a really long time. Uh, and then you need to move forward with a new batch of features. Sometimes you've learned so much from that first version of the software that you'd like to incorporate those in a new version, and it's easier just to start from scratch. Absolutely, yeah. How many times have we wanted to just throw everything and start over? It's true. They got the luxury of doing that. Interesting. Perfect. Um, so you said that Svelteki will be essentially kind of the, the equivalent of Next or Next. Um, why would you, what would you recommend it, or why would you say that uh, it's more interesting or, or more appealing to a new developer to go into SvelteKit instead of uh, picking up Next, for instance? 
So I, I think the reason that SvelteKit is more attractive than Next is mostly because Svelte is more attractive than React. And I wish we could talk for a long time about just that. And I would really love to show some code. But of course, we can't do that on a podcast. But I would encourage listeners to investigate how Svelte deals with state inside a component. That's a thing that Svelte refers to as reactivity. And then how Svelte deals with state across components. And Svelte uses stores for that. And so I think if the listeners would investigate those two things, reactivity and stores in Svelte, they'll get a really good idea about what is it that makes Svelte special compared to React or really any other web framework. All right. Um, interesting. And, and on, on that, um, on the experience of the user, of the developer, though, um, what I've seen and what, I, what little I tried, um, it's felt like old school HTML. Uh, essentially, I, 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 I did a lot of front end, you know, like you said, with jQuery and, and, and other previous libraries to that. Um, and it, Kind of, I, I'm not going to say that Svelte is uh, the equivalent of jQuery, but um, what I'm trying to say here is that you write a bit uh, of HTML here, a little bit of CSS on the on the side, and then just sprinkle this like extra powerful version of JavaScript across it, and then things work out. Is that the experience you've had with Svelte as well? How, how would you describe uh, your coding experience with with Svelte? So definitely that matches my experience. I feel like Svelte allows me to use my knowledge of HTML and CSS in just a very natural way. And nearly all the JavaScript code I write when I'm working in Svelte is just plain functions. And so that makes the resulting code really easy to understand. And my productivity feels really high when I'm working in Svelte. All right. So it's definitely uh, a lot less what would you say, a, a, a lot less boilerplate than, than the other standards in the industry. Definitely. And, and it makes it so that I rarely feel that I need to uh, reach for defining classes, for example. Right. Okay. So nice, simple, powerful, interesting. Um, uh, what about then SvelteKit? Uh, I, from what I understand, it allows you to uh, output static HTML and at the same time, you can also define server-side render pages. Um, can you uh, elaborate a bit uh, for those who don't know uh, what's the difference between them and why do, do they want to care about that? Right, so SvelteKit can generate static sites that would be similar to using tools like Gatsby or Eleventy, and that's great for performance and for search engine optimization. But there are times where you need things to be more dynamic. Uh, you need to, uh, you want to generate a static page, but you need to incorporate some recent data. Maybe you need to query a database and get the most recent data from it. And so SvelteKit allows you to do that as well. And so you're choosing between either generating the pages at build time or doing it at runtime when a page is requested. And then in either case, you're able to use Svelte components to decide what it is that you're rendering on the page. And so uh, once you get into the habit of uh, building components with Svelte, it's nice to be able to do that even for a static site. All right. So one major component of most of these uh, frameworks uh, is the routing. Some of them go through a lot of hoops to implement it. Some others 
try to follow like uh, file system routes, uh, matching uh, URLs. What is the routing like for SvelteKit and, and does it simplify things? Yeah, so this is a great uh, time for me to just jump into a list of features that SvelteKit adds above uh, Svelte. And the first one of those is just what you mentioned, the file-based routing. Uh, so I can just drop files and directories inside a special directory of SvelteKit, and that defines my pages. And it's the hierarchy of those directories that matches directly to the URLs that I'm going to visit to, to go to those pages. And so it's just really simple for me to stand up a site and decide what the URL for every page is going to be simply by the directory structure I create. In the same way, I can create file-based endpoints or APIs. And so this lets me have one project where I'm defining the front end and the back end. And I end up with node-based REST services that have URLs defined in the same way as the URLs for the pages of the front end. Other things that SvelteKit gives me, it gives me layouts. So I can say, here's a set of pages that all want to have a common header, footer, a nav bar, perhaps. I can have a common error page. So if my app throws an exception at some point, it'll go to the common error page and display errors in a, in a standard way. A really cool feature of SvelteKit is code splitting that works for both JavaScript and CSS. And what I mean by that is that Svelte gives me a way to produce a really small bundle of the entire app, which makes it so that there's not a lot of code that has to be downloaded to the browser to run my app. However, that bundle includes everything for the whole app. But with SvelteKit, I can have it broken up so that when I visit the first page of the app, I'm only downloading the JavaScript and CSS needed for that page. And then I visit a second page and it downloads what that page needs. And later, if I go back to the first page, well, it's cached all of that. It doesn't have to download it again. And so this makes it even faster because each page only pulls down exactly what it needs. In addition to that, SvelteKit gives me prefetching, which means that I could hover over a link that if I click it, I'm going to visit a new page. And then SvelteKit can say, oh, there's a chance the user might click it. So let's start downloading what we need for that page, even though they haven't clicked it yet. And then the user does click it maybe a half a second later, and then the page comes up immediately because everything's already downloaded. That's a feature that you can enable page by page if you'd like to. Uh, then there's hot module reloading using Vite. So uh, Vite is the uh, basically build tool that is being used by SvelteKit by default now. And Vite is incredibly fast at doing hot module reloading, which is excellent for development so that when you're making a change to some file, it doesn't have to rebundle everything for the app and upload that to the browser. Instead, all you're pulling into the browser is the new version of that component that you just changed. And so it loads again really fast in the browser, which makes iterative development really quick. Uh, then there's the help that SvelteKit gives you with setting up the use of TypeScript, ESLint, and Prettier. It makes it really easy to integrate those tools. And then finally are adapters. So SvelteKit comes with adapters, and some are provided by the community that make it really easy for you to deploy your app to different environments like Node, Dino, Netlify, Vercel, Firebase, and many more. 
And so this makes it so that you don't have to be such an expert in each of these platforms. You just write a SvelteKit app tell it which adapter to use, and then you can easily deploy to those platforms. Interesting. I mean, I think this definitely uh, speaks to what you said earlier about the maturity of the framework. I mean, uh, this is not something that uh, was just released or is being developed just now. I mean, this is clearly filled with the type of features that uh, our production-ready uh, application needs. So definitely, definitely interesting. Uh, uh, I know, though, about the whole module reload feature which you mentioned. I was watching one of the demos by um, by the creator, Osvelt, and he also showed how uh, apparently uh, on a... On a um, is an experimental feature still, but uh, it can also keep state between reloads. So you can quickly uh, update whatever feature you're, you're changing, see the update on the on the page, and if you had a complex state uh, being kept in memory, it will still uh, remain like that. You won't have to. Uh, start over or, or recreate the data you were using. Uh, it it keeps it uh, uh, untouched um, during the reload phase. It's really incredible. Yeah, that is a great feature. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Fantastic. And thank you for that list of interesting features. Definitely, definitely something uh, that everyone wants to to look at. Um, so. I think we covered kind of why would you would you recommend it to a new developer, which was going to be my next question. So I'm just going to jump to the last question on on Svelte and Svelte Kit that I have for you, which is given your experience so far with Svelte, given your experience with Svelte Kit, where do you see this going? Because so far, I mean, this is clearly... Uh, a change in the paradigm, a change in the way we've been working from front-end development compared to the other big three, if you will, uh, with Angular, call it a big still, uh, Vue and React. They kind of went in the same direction, although they have differences between them, of course, but they they are, Svelte uh, went in a completely different direction. How would you say the next few years or next five to 10 years will look like around Svelte. Where do you think the team is taking it? So the Svelte core team has a lot of ideas on ways to improve Svelte and SvelteKit. I don't have any specifics to share, uh, but I can say that they're very aware of improvements being made in other frameworks and they'll continue improving Svelte and SvelteKit. One thing maybe to look for is that uh, a fairly new entry has been uh, Remix Run. Uh, yes. That right now is only something that you can use with React. So I know that the Svelte team is very aware of that. And my understanding is the goal there is to make the interaction between the front end and the back end a lot more efficient. And I wouldn't be surprised if SvelteKit incorporated much of what Remix Run is doing, or possibly Remix Run will just add support for other frameworks besides React. And so I think there'll be a lot of improvements in that area coming. All right, interesting. Interesting how uh, you're the second guest uh, to mention Remix Run uh, during their their episode. So this is definitely a framework that is making the rounds everywhere and, and, and everyone's aware of it. So it, that's interesting. All right, 
Thank you. Okay, so that sums it up. I mean, we're already in the 20-minute mark, so I'm just going to be jumping to a quick set of uh, questions that we ask every every guest, all right? So what's the best advice you ever received, career-wise or personal-wise? Uh, doesn't matter. I think the best advice I've received is to never stop learning. In addition to that, Write down what you learn for the benefit of your future self and for being able to share with others. Uh, there's just uh, not as much benefit from learning things only for yourself as there is from learning it to help yourself and then to help others with that as well. Absolutely. And and, and when you're trying to explain it to others, you also have to make sure that you are, you really know what you're, what you're talking about. So it definitely helps you cement that knowledge. Absolutely agree with that. So um, what's the most exciting project you worked on? I worked on a web front end where I needed to create a display of a bunch of com computing network diagrams. So a lot of components and connections between them. And I had to determine a good way to lay out the components so that lines didn't cross in bad ways and come up with multiple algorithms for doing that because some of those kind of graph diagrams require a different layout than others. And so that was an interesting thing to work on and allowed me to use some of the things that I had learned about math in high school and college. <laughs> nice. All right. So you did, you did apply math to programming. Interesting. Uh, that's one point for that. Okay. So, yeah. Sines and cosines and tangents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so what's one thing you wish you knew before you started coding? It's okay not to know everything. The important thing is to gain confidence that eventually you can figure out anything if you set your mind to it. Interesting. Uh, very valuable advice. Absolutely. All right. Um, that's it. Finally, tell us uh, where people can find you, uh, the name of your book again. Uh, we'll have all this in the show notes anyway. So I work at Object Computing in the St. Louis area, and people can find information on me and the company at, at our website. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mark underscore Volkman. Uh, look at my GitHub repo. My GitHub name is M Volkman. And if you go to uh, mvolkman.github.io slash blog, you'll see all the things that I've been writing about lately. Uh, I've written more than the content of my book since I've finished the book, just things that I haven't published that are available for free uh, at my blog. And so some examples of things that you'll find there that I've been looking into recently, I decided that I had a hole in my knowledge about mobile development. And so I took a deep dive into Swift and Swift UI. And then I took a dive into Dart and Flutter. And then lately, I've been learning about HealthKit, which is an Apple library for getting access to health information. A lot of that comes from an Apple Watch. And so it's interesting, the data that you have available to you from that. And you can decide interesting ways to display that uh, in a mobile app. Fantastic. And you're, uh, everything you're learning, you're publishing there then? Yes. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, Mark, again for being here. Uh, guys get a read on Svelte and SvelteKit because this is very, very interesting technology. And if you're not using it or if you're not aware of it, you're missing out. All right. Thanks again, Mark. And see you on the next one. Thank you.